0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Ireland ranks 40th out of 43 nations for access to fertility treatments and had for the longest time held the dubious honour of being the only state in the EU not to fund IVF. Now this is set to change with the HSE's rollout of publicly funded fertility treatment this year. Is there any capacity though for this in the public sector or will private clinics have to do the heavy lifting? I'm joined now by Katrina Fitzpatrick, a chairperson of the National Infertility Support and Information Group. Katrina, good morning.
1: Good morning, Pat. Thank you for having me on.
0: Now, this was announced in uh, Budget uh, 2023. Um, So, an announcement is great. What are the practicalities of implementing this announcement?
1: Yeah, and what was announced uh, last September was that this coming September 10 million euros would be spent on public funding for IVF. So, it's a portion of the year that we're hoping to have this actually in place for. And what we understand is happening at the moment is um, the HSE and the Department of Health are looking at how this treatment could be provided through private clinics. There, as we know, in the public health system really isn't, first of all, capacity for a significant new service like this, but also the expertise around fertility treatment in Ireland entirely lies in the private system because we don't have any public element of it. What is in place at the moment is sort of a skeleton system of fertility hubs. There are six fertility hubs due to be operational by the start of this year. There's currently five.
0: What is a fertility hub?
1: It's basically um, connected to some of the maternity hospitals and you can go there referred by your GP if after six months you're having issues conceiving. Okay. They will then discuss that with you, but they don't provide any IVF treatment, any fertility treatment at all. They'll basically do some more blood tests with you, look to see if they can identify what the issue is, but then you will always end up going to a private clinic. So there's no public, you know, service that you will end up getting your actual fertility um, treatment through. So I think the HSE and the Department of Health point to these fertility hubs quite a lot as being, you know, a very progressive step. And while it's great to have them there, they're quite new. There are six of them in the entire country. They all have a maximum of five staff working in them. And all bar one have vacancies of posts. So you can see that this is a really, you know, slow moving system getting up and running. So it's very hard to see then how you would have, you know, public funding IVF available across the country. Sure. And I mean, so so few
0: centres and probably uh, such a huge demand. And we'll talk about the demand in a moment. But if you do manage to get into one of these fertility hubs, so-called, Do you get, when you're there, a definitive diagnosis and therefore a a charting of the way forward for you?
1: That really kind of depends on a case-by-case basis uh, for people. And lots of people will just go straight to the private clinic because they don't want that additional step. Like if you were facing issues around fertility, two big things come to mind one is time and the other is money and if you were going to spend time going through an additional step that the private clinic can do for you and you can afford to go straight to the private clinic a lot of people will do that Mm. but really in the fertility hubs it will be on a case-by-case basis and as i said they all have about you know they have various posts but they come to the equivalent of five full-time people one is not yet opened nina didn't open last year even though it was meant to and all bar one have a number of vacancies in them
0: um, so the the hub that you go to, you might get information. It may well chart the way forward for you, what you need to do or must do. Uh, and before this, it wasn't being uh, funded. Um, but I presume that the private clinics would repeat that process anyway to satisfy themselves as to what they needed to do.
1: I yeah, and I mean, once you go into a cl- uh, you know the private clinic, you're their patient, and then they will take you on the paths that they think is best for you. Um so that could be starting from scratch. Some of them, some of the hubs do have a very strong relationship with the private clinics, but there isn't uniformity in that.
0: Mm. Now, 10 million, uh, is that 10 million per year or is it 10 million available in September and, uh, you know, up to the end of 2023 or is it to go 12 months?
1: No, correct. It's available at the end of September, um, for the budget for the end of that, that budgetary year, which is the end of this year. So really it's for three months. So we'd obviously be expecting to see that we would have, you know, you know, Obviously, £40 million then then um, yeah, yeah, for, exactly, for yeah,
0: 2024. Yeah. Uh, what does a cycle of IVF cost in the private sector? Because I presume even if the department is doing deals with the private sector, it'll be more or less on par with the kind of money that they could make from a private patient. They're not going to do something on the cheap for the HSE.
1: Well, I mean... I, we, we don't know. I mean, first of all, we don't know how many cycles of treatment um, or how many people get treatment in Ireland every year. Like the HPRA can tell us how many cycles are done, but couples can and individuals can go through a number of cycles. We also have no figures on how many people go abroad every year. But I would have been told anecdotally from the clinics that they would estimate that 50% of people who go through IVF get it done abroad.
0: Okay, because the figures from the HPRA that you talk about, it's almost 10,000 cycles of IVF, IUI and frozen embryo transfer cycles were commenced in 2020. They're the the latest figures that we have. So if you say that you've got to double that, really, 50 percent go abroad and 50 percent stay here. So you're looking at a demand of about 20,000 cycles per year.
1: That's that's the estimate that is out there at the moment. So, I mean, there's really great scope for the HSE to sit down with the private clinics to see, you know, what kind of funding they would need in order to bring that demand, you know, fully into their clinics and also to keep that demand fully in the country because, uh, and just I'll come back on the price in a minute, but, you know, if you go and get your IVF treatment done abroad, you will always end up coming into the public health system here then afterwards. Yeah. If it's successful, you will become a patient in a maternity clinic. If it's unsuccessful, you will use other services in the state. So it's much more prudent that the HSE would encourage everybody to get their treatment done here so that you can be fully in one system. And all your data, your records and all the follow up is done here as well. Now,
0: do people go abroad for cost reasons or for access and availability?
1: Uh, For IVF, it's cost reasons. You know, because I mean, it costs between four and six thousand euros to have an IVF cycle done here. And, you know, if you're most people go through two to three cycles for it to be successful, so that is just hard cash pay up front, you know, somewhere between 10 to 20 thousand in order to be successful. So it's a huge amount of money, a huge outlay. And as you mentioned at the start, we are a total outlier in Europe with regards to funding for it. Pretty much every other country in your bar, Albania and Armenia, give some sort of funding for this. The only thing you can do is claim back your tax, um, you know, treat- yeah. for your medical treatment. But, I mean, you have to have the initial money up front to do that. And you only get that back then maybe 12 months later.
0: OK, so I, I'm just doing the sums. If 40 million became available over a 12 month period and there's a demand of 20,000 people, you're looking at two grand per uh, cycle being made available, and that is well below the market price currently for such treatments in this jurisdiction.
1: And I think it's really important that we point out for anyone listening to this today, or anyone thinking, you know, about going through it, that with any kind of public treatment, there will be terms and conditions on this. We know that for a fact. This will not be a doors wide open to everyone who needs some sort of fertility treatment to get it. There will be much stricter terms and conditions around this. So, if you are considering going for fertility treatment or in the process of it, this public funding may not apply to you. this year, next year, we really don't know yeah. what kind of terms and conditions and the said, are going to as you said, time is the
0: enemy in many cases, because uh, the younger you are, the better your chances are of uh, conceiving, you know, statistically, that I- I- is the fact of it. So what kind of restrictions might there be? Might there be age restrictions? Might there be a restriction on the number of cycles? What kind of uh, restrictions do you anticipate?
1: Well, we do see these restrictions in other countries, people who may already have been successful having children um age certainly comes into it, and a number of cycles they tend to be the categories that people fall into um and then I mean second to that so the w h o classifies infertility as a disease, so which is why it's always really frustrating that we're so long fighting for this because it's it's not a luxury. It's literally to put people on an equal footing in order to try and have a family. Separate to that will be people who have had various different um, illnesses throughout their life. That means that because of that illness, they haven't been able or won't be able to have a family. Mm. And they may be looked at in a separate category as well. Okay, Just but, the interesting point yeah. that you made in, in relation to age. This is just one thing that we, for some reason in Ireland, you know, and it's, a, it's a historical societal thing. We always talk about, all through our lives, about not getting pregnant. People spend a huge amount of their teens, 20s, talking about contraception, not getting pregnant. And it's a huge gap we have here. We never talk about fertility. We never talk about, well, I would like to have a family when I'm older. So what do I do now to ensure that? So people are never you know, preparing themselves mentally, physically, and Mm -hmm. looking into what do I need to do? What kind of lifestyle do I need to have? If I'm 38 and trying to get pregnant and nothing happens for a year, You you know, people don't think about, God, maybe there's a problem. And, And just to go back to the point you were making about age, a lot of time people have been quietly struggling themselves and not coming forward to their GP or not looking for assistance. And they have used up time that probably would have been you know better spent maybe going to a clinic talking to their yeah. gp and maybe getting a little bit of assistance
0: yes because had they gone earlier again statistically their chances of success on the first or second cycle might be might be higher anyway uh, 10 million for 3 months 40 million over the full year if that's what's allowed it won't solve everyone's problem that's for sure but uh, i suppose we should welcome the start katrina
1: Yeah, like it's a completely historical start. Like the charity that I'm chairperson of was set up 26 years ago by a lady called Helen Brown in Cork. And she has been campaigning on this for literally 26 years. The first commission that looked at this was in 2005. So the first report was put on Micheál Martin's desk when he was Minister for Health. And, you know, we're still trying to push that rock up a hill at the moment. This legislation that will eventually put a whole authority and a, a kind of full system around this came before the Dáil in, or the Oireachtas, um for scrutiny in 2017. So we are such a long time yeah. trying to push this up a hill. We really need a champion in government that will run with it. Oh. Stephen Donnelly has said he's committed to it. Um, And, you know, certainly to date he has been making moves. and I mean, even the announcement of the public funding for IVF He's not waiting for that legislation. Do um, that'll cover a huge amount of different issues. He's moving forward with this, and you know, I mean, that's a really progressive step in itself.
0: Very good, Katrina Fitzpatrick, chairperson of the National Infertility Support and Information Group. Thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at nine a.m. on News Talk.